So, hello, Hope family. Um, this is probably going to be the weirdest preaching I've ever done. I'm standing here in the Hope Center, and um, I am literally on my own, just me and God. And uh, I really believe that the message that he had for us today is for us. And and that I was to do this so that at least you could still hear what he wants to say to you. Because I think what he wants to say to us, and even if you think back of what he said to us last week about fear, and just the life that we're living right now and how things have changed so dramatically in the last number of weeks, and how fear and panic have caught so many people's lives... And we live in the reality of this virus and how it is changing our world. And we decided for this morning that the safest thing for everybody that we could do would be to cancel meeting. But I want to tell you honestly, it wasn't done out of a fear. It really was done out of a sense of responsibility and care. We have many people here who also have vulnerable relatives and we just don't know who everybody's been in touch with this week. You don't know who I've been in touch with this week, what any of us could be carrying. So just for now, it was the safest thing to do was just to let's not meet. But I think God wants us to hear what he has to say. And we've been in this series of the swap shop. And I want to try and continue that this morning. So if it seems a bit weird for me, I'm hoping it doesn't seem that way for you. But I just want to pray before we start. I want to pray, Lord, that you would just come through these words, even though they're online and we're not seeing each other face to face, that you would just minister to people's hearts, that you would reach out and you would speak to us directly into our hearts, Lord God. I pray that this next number of minutes that I speak would be anointed by your Holy Spirit, that it would bring life. Your word is life. And that this would bring life, Lord God, and it would bring light into dark places, and Father, I just commit this time into you and I ask that you would use it for your glory in Jesus' name. And we've been looking at this series of Swap Shop and we've been walking from a scripture in Matthew. In Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty, 30, Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And last week I really took a bit of time to go through this and go, God knows we are burdened. God knows we are weary. God knows we need rest. God knows we need rest. And he wants to give us his rest for what we've been trying to put in place for rest for ourselves. He wants to change us. He wants to change us to be more like Jesus every day. But to do that, we need to learn from him. We need to figure out how to be gentle and humble in heart like he is, because that's where we'll find rest for our souls. Because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. But we have been carrying our yokes. We have been carrying our stuff. And he is saying, and he is saying today, right this moment, as you sit at home or wherever you are and you listen to this message, he is saying to you, I want to swap with you. I want to swap your pains, your burdens, your hassles for my rest. I want to swap with you. So come and swap with me. And today we're looking at this whole idea of swapping darkness for light. We're looking at this whole idea of what is darkness? What is darkness? There are so many different ways 
that we, we experience darkness. We experience darkness physically. And when we experience it physically, we experience it as an absence of light. It's like, um, you know, you walk into a dark room, it's dark because there's no light on. It's as simple as that. It's physical. And nighttime and the daytime. You know that darkness is mentioned in Genesis. In the very beginning, it says that there was darkness over the, over the earth. And God said, hmm, let there be light. Let there be light. So he created light. I mean, he created light. You know, he said, he said, light is good. <clears throat> and in the daytime, he gave us the sun to bring night. And at nighttime, he gave us the moon and the stars to bring night. And his idea was never for us to live in physical darkness. His idea was us to always have light. And that light is a reflection of the light of him, the light of Christ. It's just a physical manifestation of the light of God. And it's nothing like the light of God. It's a poor, poor resemblance of the light of God. But it is his gift to us. Light is his gift physically. We operate in in the light. You try walking around finding things in the dark. You stumble your toe off the coffee table. You kick something. You, you, you can't find things in the press. Why? Because it's dark. And the darkness hides things. And, and we're not meant to live in that dark places. And then there's emotional darkness. And I was thinking, what's emotional darkness like? And I sit with so many people who have pure emotional darkness. And they, the words they would say is, I am in a dark place. I am in a dark place. And what they're talking about is they have an absence of hope. They see no hope for themselves. The future looks bleak. It's like just, I'm in pain and it's never going to get any better. This is just the way it's going to be forever. And that's not true either. And God didn't make us to be like that. And you know one of the greatest gifts he gave us for the battle, the lack of hope in our life, is other people. God created Adam. And then he created Eve because he said it is not good for man to be alone. And God created us to be in fellowship. He created us to be in community. He created us to be together. He created us to spend time with each other, to encourage each other, to lift each other us, lift each other up. Yes, to challenge each other. Yes, to, to do all them things as well. But he created us to be in fellowship with him and with each other. And then there's the spirituality side of it, where we're living in darkness spiritually and we just have an absence of life. Because those who are walking in a great darkness are people who are spiritually dead. They don't have life in their souls. They don't have life in their spirits. They are struggling. They are spiritually lost. And you know what I was thinking as well? That, that when, when we think about darkness, we often equate evil and fear with darkness. How many people do you know? And what about you? Are you afraid of the dark? Do you like being in a dark place with no one around? Or does it freak you out? You know, I'm standing here in, in, in the chapel, in the convent, and I'm thinking, I remember when we got this building first and we were walking around, and the first time I ever walked around it at night time, and it was in the dark. And it was like, I didn't know really know my way around that well. And it was kind of freaky, to be honest with you. And then I remember we had Carla and Vladik over that Christmas. This is going back 2013, when we were when we were buying the place and we had the keys of it over the Christmas time. And we were out there getting them Nerf guns for Christmas and they wanted to have a game in the convent. And they were running around the rooms in the dark. And I was going, they're up there in the dark, but they weren't afraid of the dark. They were used to living in big buildings in the dark. But we were freaked out in the dark. Have you ever been freaked out in the dark? 
Do you think evil lurks in the dark? Does fear live in the dark? We all have a bit of us that have lived in the dark. Spiritually, I lived in the dark for 30 years. I have been in the dark physically, I've been in the dark emotionally, but spiritually, until the day I met Jesus, I lived in the dark. And I had a dark side, and I had this bright side, but I had a dark side. And you know, even in counseling terms, they talk about all of us having a shadow side. And there is this bit of us that most of us don't like, and we wish we didn't have, but we do have it. But you know, when I met Jesus, he changed that. In in John 8, 12, (coughs) Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. That was said by Jesus, and it was said to you, and it was said to me. And the way from darkness to light is through the cross of Christ. That is the way into it. Because John 3.16 tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus, the son of God, God himself came to this planet so that we could have a chance to live in light and have life, eternal life, in the light with him. And God's plan was for everyone to have this. God so loved the world. It wasn't just for the Jewish nation. It was for the world. But when this happened originally, and the resurrection happened, it was Jewish people who had this news. And they were keeping it among the Jewish people. And they were spreading the news. And they were telling everyone about Jesus. And he was the Messiah. And he had come to set them free. And then God said, but I want this for the world. I sent Jesus because I love the world, not just the Jewish people. God wanted all of us to have this opportunity for to meet Jesus. So he picked this guy called Saul. And Saul was a really, really religious man. And he had, he was a really religious Jewish man. And he thought the Christians were all wackos. And he thought they were wrong. And he was going around persecuting them. And he was going to stop them. But what God did was he went, I'm going to put a stop to that. And I'm actually going to use this guy to send my message to the other people. So when Saul was on his way to the Damascus, he was on the Damascus road on a horse. And this light, Think about this, a light. In the daylight, a light shined on Saul and knocked him off his horse. And Jesus spoke to him. And then Saul was blinded. And he lived in darkness for several days until the Lord told the man to pray with him so that he could see again. And when he could see again, Jesus sent him on a mission To go and bring light into dark places. To go and bring a message of hope to people who had no hope. And if you read Acts 28, 6, 18, it says this, that God sent him and told him to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Jesus wanted every single one of us to live in the light. He wanted us to live in this truth of Psalm 139, 12, where it says, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like today, for darkness is as light to you. We are children of the living God. We live in the light. And even though the world right around us, right this minute in time, is in darkness and is in fear and is in panic and is in chaos, we do not have to live in that because we have the light of God living in us. The darkness is not as darkness to us. 
We have to lie to God. God said in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, Let light shine out of darkness. And he made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. We are the light in this world at the moment. We have an opportunity to live as children of light. We have an opportunity to be the people who were once darkness, but now we are light in the Lord. We can live as children of the light. We can live as children of the light, but we have to have an eternal perspective to do that. We have to live with this perspective that this world is not all there is. There is something beyond this world. We were given light, an eternal life, not just mortal life with life. We were given eternal life with light. So there was a man called Tozer, A.W. Tozer, and he said, We are made for two worlds, and as surely as we now inhabit this one, we shall also inhabit the other one. The greatest source of stability that we can possibly have in this life is to have an eternal perspective. I wonder how different your life would be if you lived with an eternal perspective. I want to ask you to take a second, just right now, and go, how am I living my life right now? Am I living my life that this is all there is? Or am I living my life that this is a transition and after this life is over, I actually enter into real life. I enter into eternal life in the presence of God. That this life is temporary. This is not my permanent home. I am a citizen of heaven. I will go to be with Jesus. In my father's house there are many rooms. I go there to prepare one for you. If it weren't so, I wouldn't tell you. That's what Jesus said. Philip said, how, how do we get there? And Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way and the truth and the life. Come to me. Come through me. The cross is our way into eternal life. How different could our lives be if that was actually how we saw it? How different could it be? How different would your finances be used? If you lived your life with an eternal perspective, where would you be putting your money? Would you be sowing your money into the kingdom of God or would you be sowing it into a house? Would you be sowing your money into the kingdom of God or would you be sowing it into a retirement plan? Would you be spending your money on on all the things that this world tells us is going to give us peace and make us not afraid and keep us happy and keep us settled and keep us feeling secure? Or would you be sowing it into the kingdom of God knowing that whatever you sow here you will reap in eternity? How would you spend your time? How differently would you spend your time if you lived your life on this earth with an eternal perspective? What would you do with your time? How, like, time is life. We only get so much of it. Every day we get 24 hours. We spend it. We don't get a chance to go back and take it again. It's gone. Every day I live, I get closer to the day where I go to eternity. Every day I live, I get closer to the chance that this may possibly be one of the last ones. What am I doing with it? What am I doing with my time? How different would your time be spent if you lived your life with an eternal perspective? How different would you use your talents and skills if you were you living your life with an eternal perspective? What would you do with all those talents that you've got? What would you do with the skills that you've got? Would you spend your time 
singing, worshiping God, or would you spend your time singing in a pub? Would you would you spend your time using the talent that you've got in IT or in tech or something like that to ex, to to expand the kingdom of God, or would you use it to just do a job? We have so many opportunities. We have so much talents and skills and time and money that God has given us. But if we spend it with a human, mortal perspective, we will spend it all to try and make the best possible life we have here. So that at the end, we have had the best life we can have here. This life is not what it's all about. This is just part of it. The rest of the story is after we go from this. There was a thing I remember hearing years ago and it said, he who dies with the most toys wins. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter how many toys you have when you die. What you need is Jesus Christ. What you need is salvation. What you need is a way through the cross to have passed from darkness into light so that when you cross over that threshold of death, you are walking into the kingdom of light and you are going to spend eternity there. How different would your relationships be if you were living life with an eternal perspective? You know when people have offended you and they've hurt you and they've upset you and you're going around right now with a grudge on you and you're upset about something or you're annoyed about something? How different would it be if we looked at all of that from an eternal perspective? You know, there are people who have desperately hurt me in the years gone by. And when I look at it from this world's point of view... It wasn't good. It was painful. I couldn't see any joy in it. I couldn't see any reason for it. But there's a scripture in Romans that promises me that God uses all things for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. And I love God and I believe I'm called according to his purpose just as you are. But I believe looking at all of those things that have happened from an eternal perspective, they have created the person I am today and the work I'm doing right now from an eternal perspective. And they have given me a different way to look at the world and to look at people. And I try to look at things that this world genuinely is passing by. And the older I get, the more I realize how real that actually is. This world is passing by. The world that I'm going into is there forever. The relationships that I have now and how I sow into them and how I reap out them will have eternal consequences. In Matthew 5, 14, it says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. In verse 15, it goes on, it says, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. And verse 16 finishes with this, In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Here's what I want to say this morning. God has given you light. He has given me light. He has poured this into us so that we can be that lamp that stands out and is bringing light into dark places. In your workplace, in your home, in your community, in your clubs that you're in, wherever it may be, you can be the light of Christ in that situation. No matter how dark stuff is all around you, you can be that light. We are called to bring glory to God. 
Let our light shine before others that they may see our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. Not that they may see our good deeds and go, oh, look, isn't he a great fella? No, it's like, look at him. Why is he different? It must be God. Every time there has been a plague since Jesus Christ came on this planet, every time there has been some massive upheaval in this world, Christians have rose to the front and rose to the top and led the way and been in those places where help was needed, been in those places where other people wouldn't go. <coughs> I can't think of his name now, but there was a Roman emperor who made he got his people to go out and check up on what was happening during a plague in Rome. And they said they cannot find anything bad to say about the Christians because they're the ones in there helping our citizens. He was looking for a reason to kill them and they came back and said, we can't do that because they're the ones that are actually helping our people. They're the ones that are in there with the sick and the dying and burying them and healing them and praying for them and seeing things happen because they're not afraid. They're living from a different place. They're living with an eternal perspective. They're not living about, oh God, what if I get a bug and I die? Believe this or believe in not, we did not cancel this morning because I'm afraid of getting a book. We cancelled this morning because we wanted to take care of everybody who comes here, but also all the people in your life who don't come here. Who you can go, we care enough about you that we didn't meet to have a party this morning. And we sacrificed that so that we could be light in your life. You have a chance this week to walk from darkness to light, or to live in darkness, or to live in light. That is your choice. I pray as you listen to this message that if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you have not taken that path to the cross, if you have not accepted that invitation to walk in light, that right now, right this minute, as you listen to my voice, you would accept that God loves you, that Jesus came to this planet to make a way where there was no other way, but he came to make a way so you could go from darkness into light. And you would no longer be under the control of darkness or no longer be under the control of Satan, but that you would walk in the light of God. And if you have already accepted Jesus, then I pray that the Holy Spirit would come upon you, that he will fill you, and he will strengthen you, and he will show you ways where you can do things. You know in Ephesians 2.10 it says that we were created as God's masterpiece to complete works that he created for us in advance before one of our days came to be. God knew the coronavirus was coming. God knew we would be here for such a time as this. God has created things for you and for me to do in the weeks ahead where we can do things that will bring glory to his name. I believe that through all of this we can see God move and we can see a revival happen in our land. I believe that through all of this we can see relationships restored. We can see people begin to value what is really important. Yes, there will be people who are mean. Yes, there will be people who will panic by. Yes, there will be people who won't care and they'll go me first. But I believe that God can use this time and he can change us 
and he can change our lands. And we can bring glory to him. And I believe moving forward from today that you have a choice. You can live in darkness or you can live in light. You can allow your you can allow your light to shine. Or you can hide it under a lamp. But I want to pray and I want to encourage you. Let your light shine. Let the light of Jesus Christ shine through you. Because God knows this world needs it. God knows your neighbor needs it. Your friends and work need it. Your family needs it. Allow the light of God to shine through you. And may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. And may he make his face to shine upon you. And may he grant you rest. And I pray that this week you will have a blessed week. And that you will be a blessing to everyone that you cross paths with. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.